Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 of the score. Always a delight to talk to Coach Wanstead and Dave. Um, tough stuff, always, every time of year. Uh, 25% of, uh, of coaches, of general managers, seem to turn over every year in the NFL. And, and really, it's different than any other business where you're not dismissing CEOs with that kind of regularity. But... Everyone knows the deal. You've been through it. You've seen uh, uh, things happen that are totally unexpected. You've uh, had to pick up and move and go to different places. It's part of the business. What goes through your mind on uh, Black Monday when you guy like Ron Rivera, you know well, you, you gave him his first job in, in uh, coaching. It's, it's just got to hurt a little bit for people that, uh, that lose their jobs. Yeah, it, it's a tough Tough business, tough day. Uh, for the most part, guys, you know, I'm sure that Ron obviously anticipated this. There was no no surprise there in Washington. I think Ron would be the first guy to say that. So, uh, you know, un- unfortunately, you're kind of your staff has a pretty good idea. You know, that you hate to say it, they're work they're hoping to stay with the new guy, but but because of their loyalty to you. They've they they they're, they're staying loyal to the job, but at the same time they're working the phones, looking for other opportunities. They come home from work, the wife, the kids. You know what's going to happen, Dad? Are we going to have to move? You know, we're going to have to sell the house. I mean, all those things become into play. And um, you know, it's uh, I've always believed it's not the crisis that happens in your life, but how you respond to it that makes the difference. And um, uh, that's what these coaches have to do. That's the business that we've chosen or they've chosen. Dave, that's great advice. And that is tremendous perspective, really. And that sounds like a guy who has been through this kind of uncertainty before. So I guess let's look locally. I think the guy who probably feels the highest level of anxiety or uncertainty is probably Luke Getze, somebody you know well. I just wonder if you could speak to what you maybe think he's going through right now and what you expect the Bears to do, that we don't have any clarity on Matt Eberflus, even though we expect him to return. There's the, the, Then there's also the Getze factor, which I think, Dave, if they bring everybody back, that would be hard to defend. So some of these realities may be in play. How would you assess the Bears and Getze and what's ahead? Well, I'll start with Flus, David. You know, he, I think he's done a fantastic job this year. He'll be back. He, he better be back. I mean, I would be shocked and disappointed if he wasn't. Uh, not only did he, uh, you know, with the, the the problems that they had with the staff members earlier, and he took over the defense. He didn't just take over the defense and say, okay, guys, we got to play hard. They made schematic changes. They became one. They, they went from a bottom 10 in interceptions to top 10. They went from bottom 10 in stopping the run to top 10. Uh, they became more of a blitz team. They became more of a single high team as compared to a two deep. So he made a lot of schematic changes and uh, that he felt n- need be. So give him credit for that and also give him credit for keeping the team together. As a head coach, you know, you're not just focused on the defense, even though you're calling it. You know, you, you've got to deal with the offense and special teams every week. So Flus, I thought, did a great job. And I, and I think that, he, that the coaches are looking at it I tell you what, I don't care who the – thank God Justin Fields can move. We, we talked about Michael Penix earlier in the show. Right. Molly brought it up. If Michael Penix was the quarterback at Green Bay, he wouldn't have lasted the game. He would have been knocked out of that game. 
I'll tell you what, Justin Fields took shots in that game, and he scrambled to avoid pressure. I was comp- I was surprised he could complete any passes. I mean, it, it, it was it, we we didn't do a very good job up front. I I was highly highly disappointed in our protection up there uh, against the Packers. But uh, I would look at Luke Getze and say, you know, the only thing that we got trapped on, and I think I've got a pretty good beat on this, is going through the OTAs, guys. And I was up there bunch and training camp, and I was there. Justin Fields is completing everything. Every, now, there's no live pass rush, right? Everybody's blocking everybody. Receivers are open. Everybody's feeling good about Justin taking the next step. All right. He doesn't play in the preseason game for what 10% of the plays or whatever we said he did. Now we get into live action. They're coming after him. The coverage is tight. Blah, blah, blah. And, and, and it got us the first few games. It got us. We were – because Justin could not do we, – we overestimated where we were at as an offense. Okay? Then we make the adjustment, and that's where we're at. I think Luke Getzey did a very good job. The only mistake was we, un, we under overestimated where we were going to be at. And now I think that Getzey, Flus, I think that Ryan Poles, this is where Justin Fields is, guys. This is what he brings to the table from his athleticism to his passing on the move to the bootlegs. The guy's is as good as anybody you're going to find. Okay, now here's the question. If I'm Ryan Poles, this is what they got to answer. Is what Justin does to win games, can we get to the Super Bowl doing that? If you and then and then put another layer on it and say who's going to take his place? Who's better? You know, there's an old expression and I've used it that uh, talent sets the floor on a player. Okay, character sets the ceiling, and by that I'm not talking about a good guy, a bad guy, a criminal type of character. I'm talking about football character. Is he in early? Is he staying late? Is he a tough guy? Uh, is he handled good adversity with his teammates? And and you check all those boxes with Justin Fields. Does Caleb Williams and these young guys, and I'll shut up on this, do they have more talent? They might have more talent, okay? The numbers would prove that some of these guys probably do. But, but, okay, and I say a big but, if are you sure that the character, the ceiling is going to be there? Ryan Poles? You guys, if you're not sure, be careful. You you get rid of Fields, okay? Get rid of Getzey. You're going to get a new coordinator, a new a new quarterback. You better be darn sure what we're getting. And I think that is where this whole thing is right now, and that's the decision that's got to be made with those factors being involved. Get rid of somebody who's going to take his place that's going to take us to another level. Yeah, I, I, I think that that's uh, very interesting, Dave, and I, I think that that's a, it's a good argument to make. But I, I also think that, you know, if they did not have the number one overall pick, we wouldn't be talking about Justin Fields in danger or anything like that. But the fact of the matter is they can take any player they want first, and some of these guys are thought of as <clears> – <throat> as um, the kind of guy that you wait a career to draft and you wait 10 years to draft. And if that's the case, they need to know it 
they need to be able to to um, to make a move and do what's best for the team. Yep. And if it's not, then they can make a trade and and maybe get really good. But those that's why you get paid for those jobs. Yes. It's yeah. Right. I mean, and 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 Ryan Poles, don't you agree? that Ryan Poles has done a very good job of that to this point. So I would yeah. say, hey, let's trust him, Bears fans. Let's trust Ryan. I mean, he knows what he's doing and his staff, and they're going to be thorough. And, uh, you know, you don't want to get rid of Getze and keep Justin Fields and bring in a new offense. That's not being fair to Justin or this team, in my opinion. You're going to change offenses, give Justin a new offense to learn. That's his third offense in four years. To me, that, that makes no sense whatsoever. And I think that's why they're probably joined philosophically and joined in terms of the way if one goes, they probably both go. Dave, that was an impassioned defense of Luke Getze and Justin Fields, and I totally know where you're coming from. I just think that in in regard to Fields, the weight of 38 starts makes me wonder, yeah, the strength of, of his character makes you think his ceiling is very high, but I also think the weakness of, of some things that we've seen in the passing game make you wonder if that lowers the ceiling considerably. And as for Getze, I just think that he had too many opportunities, specifically in short yardage situations where they were really frustrating, Dave. He, got, he fell in love with ideas and concepts, and he got too cute, and he didn't grasp the obvious. And I just wonder if that ultimately will cost him his job. Well, I hope the short yardage doesn't because – I tell you what, if I would have gone into Tony Wise, our line coach, and said, I want to run the quarterback sneak on fourth and one, and and we and this is when Jenkins was out, and, and Cody White here, I love Cody, he's been a good player, but he's in there at left guard, and Lucas Patrick's in there at center, and Nate Davis is in there at right guard, Tony Wise would have turned to me and said, you're going to run the sneak? Well, good luck, because we can't block these guys, and we won't make it. So we better come up with another play. So I don't buy into the quarterback sneak thing and some of the things we've tried in short yardage. I think it was because we didn't have confidence in blocking people well enough to make it. And if you're not confident, you, you got to find another alternative. So I would not, David, I kind of, uh, I'm on the other side of the fence on that stuff without sitting in the meetings. I'm just talking, watching, watching like everybody. But uh, uh, that's a thought that comes to my mind there. And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. Like I said, we, we overestimated what Justin could do early in the year. And, yeah, Luke, Luke's got an answer to that. There's no question about that because uh, we, you know, for several reasons, we let a couple games get ahead of us. And the last point, and, I, and I'll shut up here, is, you know, the one thing, David, and you were alluding to it, I don't know if you or Molly said it, the one thing that I've been saying all along that separates quarterbacks, and I'm, I'm repeating myself, you're down by 10, you got five minutes to go in the game. Can your quarterback take you down the field twice and win the game for you? We have not seen Justin do that. Uh, you know, have we had this year against Minnesota, he gets a field goal and we win the game. It's tied. So we have seen a little bit of it. But I, I would like to see more of that. I would like to see him when, to be honest with you, when, uh, when they know you're going to throw it and you know you have to throw it, and now can we go win a game? I mean, that's you got to have that in a quarterback. I totally agree. And and unfortunately, Kenny or Canty, we haven't seen it, so I don't, uh, you know, I, I guess I just have a, a little bit of hope there that um, maybe he would. How does he compare with these other guys? I don't know. It's a great point, Dave. And, and um, I think that maybe 
everything that we're talking about is a little bit complicated by the fact that as much as a season finale doesn't matter, you had a chance to go up to Green Bay, beat that team, keep yeah. them out of the playoffs, and instead it was just like a an advertisement for the future of Jordan Love. I mean, the guy was phenomenal in that game, and he, he, I think he had – he missed four throws, and three of them could have been caught. It, right. it was ridiculous, you know? I know. I, I read a quote by Brisker. What game was – and I love Brisker. He's a great young player for us. Trust me. Now, he did go to Penn State, and I went to Pitt. We're rivals. I, I, would, I, I would kid him on that. But what game was he at, you know? When I read that thing where he said their receivers, what is something about they aren't any good, I don't like them, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and I'm thinking to myself, I think Jordan Love bot set a passing record, didn't he? 80% completion or some crazy number? 84.4. Coach, we couldn't complete 84% <laughs> against air with nobody on defense. <laughs> seven on seven. Are you kidding me? Jeez, oh, man. Dave, when you look at the Bears then in terms of the – we're still waiting for her. clarity on the staff and the coaches. How about the roster? Do you think that there will be – major changes i think if you look at you know the offensive line that you referenced that probably could use an overhaul defensively i think you feel very good about your core and the foundational pieces i just wonder when you look at this from the personnel perspective the one area that you have expertise in as well what, what do you expect from the bears roster this offseason well even with the addition the great addition ryan poles great job with with montez sweat we still ended up with what 29 sacks i think we were 30th in the NFL. So we were in the bottom five, you know, uh, even though our interceptions, we were in the top 10 uh, in interceptions and number one in the NFL and stopping the run. Uh, we, we need another pass rusher. We need another pass rusher. And, and I don't think anybody would debate that because, you know, Flus did a great job of designing some blitzes to get pressure and get sacks, which helped on these interceptions. We need a pass rusher, but the offensive line, I would go to center. I, I almost would, would look there before tackle. I really would. and be, Because uh, an outstanding center, like we had with Olin Krutz for years, I mean, not only is the guy got to be, you know, a, a heck of a player, a great player, a Hall of Fame player you'd like to get like Olin Krutz is, but you, he, the guy needs to be smart and because he's kind of directing which way the protection is and and if there's games coming, he's alerting that he, he's doing a lot more of the mental part of football, probably the most of all the offensive linemen. So you got to get a heck of a player and a smart guy at the same time. So that position can be really valuable, and it's probably not talked about enough. So I'd love to see the Bears to get a center. And um, I don't know. I, I think we need another guard, too. You know, I mean, I, I really right. do. Uh, I'm not as hung up on the tackle position. You know, I, I love – you know, right, and I think our left tackle. I mean, I, I think center and guard. We got to look at hard. That's what I would do. And those are cheaper positions. I mean, not not that you're looking for just cheap, but it, I mean, you could, you, you know, they they have had a chance to draft the first center taken in the last couple drafts. They they need to bite the bullet <clears> and do that. I agree. No, there's some great ones out there, and uh, if if you if you get a great one, I mean, you, you look at Detroit right now, you look at uh, yep. Philadelphia right now. I mean, go around the league and look at some of the top running teams and 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 offenses, and they they have a great center. 
Inside the room today, perhaps, you've been in these meetings between a head coach and a general manager and maybe the team president. I wonder, does Matt Eberflus, you know, make his case? Does he have to do that? Does he know where he stands? How do these conversations unfold and who does most of the talking? Well, no. You know what? I don't I think today's meeting is a little bit overrated uh, because I know Ryan. I know how Ryan and Matt do it. You're talking every week. You're probably watching the film every week together, and you're making a case then. You are saying, boy, you know, this was the call, and this is what we were supposed to do. This was the plan. And so, you know, Ryan Poles is up to speed with what players, you know, were productive from a standpoint of executing what the plan was and what weren't. And he also is up to speed on – the scheme, going into the game, what we were trying to do with Justin Fields on offense, what Luke's plan was. I mean, Flus and them talk about this before the game and then after the game, what went wrong, okay? Was it a bad call? Uh, was it bad execution by the players? Was it a, you know, what, what went wrong? Why was it not successful and why was it successful? So I think these, the meeting now is is pretty much – it's like coaches knowing if they're going to be back or not. I think the writing is pretty much on the wall at this point. And the same thing with this meeting with the GM. Everybody makes a big deal about it. you got to have an announcement. But pretty much they know where each guy stands and how they feel about staff, how they feel about the schemes that they're doing, and what needs to change. So I don't – you know, it's a big deal to us and the public because it's all, you know, official – and it, 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 there's announcements and all that stuff. But in-house, they pretty much know. Dave, I'm interested in in just division games, right? Um, the, it seems as if the Bears match up pretty well with Detroit. As good as Detroit has been, the Bears match up with them. Should have beaten them twice, beat them once. It seems like the Bears have a terrible matchup with Green Bay for whatever reason. And uh, Matt LaFleur, 10-0 in his time in Green Bay against the Bears, and the Bears don't beat Green Bay. It just seems Justin Fields never beat him uh, since he's been here, and obviously, as we mentioned, LaFleur beating various Bears coaches. What is that just the nature of football? Is there Are there teams that, for whatever reason, even like division rivalry games, where you just match up better with a team than you do with a different team? Yeah, there is something to that, Molly. There is, but I think more so it's just having confidence in doing it. You got to do it one time. You got to beat Green Bay. Uh, you got to beat them up there, and it changes the complexion. It changes the mentality, I think, on on how you approach it. You know, it's, um, uh, you know, I remember Al Davis back in the day when I just first came into the league and we were working against the Raiders down there in Dallas. Uh, might have been out in L.A. I can't remember. Uh, we did it both places. And uh, he was talking to Jimmy, and he was talking about how he needed to to get better personnel. The Chargers were the team then, okay? The Chargers were the team. You know, it was, they were coming off the Dan Fouts era and all that, and Eric Coriel throwing right. the ball down the field. And he says, you know, we got that's the team. We, we got to get players to be able to beat the best in our division. And he says, if we get players where we can match up and beat the best in our division, then we're going we're, we're gonna to be the champ, and that's how we'll take the next step. 
you know, I, I don't know. I mean, who won our division? Detroit did, and yeah. we match up good against them, Molly. So I, I think it's got to be – I don't think it's physical. I really don't. I, I think we can cover those guys. I think we can get pressure. It's got to be a, as much a mentality thing as anything at this point. Great stuff, Dave. Thanks a ton. We appreciate it. I'm sure we'll keep it going. We got a yeah. playoff and Super Bowl and all that. Yeah. Stuff. Hey, Dave. Okay, guys. Good talking with you. Take care.